0: What's a gay
1: dinosaur or lesbian dinosaurs um called? What do you call a lesbian dinosaur? A licolodopus. Oh yeah,
0: I know that joke. (laughs) What a gay
1: horses eat. Oh no. We're not not doing
0: this.
1: Mistakes. And we're here.
0: <laughs> Did you just change into this? I
1: changed into my going out outfit, yes. Okay,
0: I was like, what is going on here? Okay, yes. I see. Didn't You, you wore this um... the
1: other night, but this is a dress I'm going to be wearing like multiple times a week this summer. It's like okay. going to be my staple
0: dress, so I'm
1: letting people know that now, which is why I'm wearing it a- a- almost a night after I wore it. <laughs> it's that kind of dress, you know, we're, we're wearing a, na- a dark navy uh, slip dress from um,
0: Reformation right now nice
1: for uh, people who are not in the room
0: <laughs> which is um 100 percent of people except you and me at this moment yes um well great uh <laughs> what was i was just whatever i was just gonna say something but i think it's to elisa now she's not in the room so it doesn't matter mm. Probably that she's a bitch. Fucking cunt. If you're listening um, to this, Elisa. We um,
1: fucking love you. <laughs> we love you. We're, uh, this is the intro to our episode about... Dane Cook. Dane Cook. Cool. I'm excited for that <laughs> one. I'm excited for this episode to be out.
0: Yeah. We're talking Dane Cook getting all of his money embezzled from his brother this episode. So love... strap in for that. We love a comedy mistake. Yes, we do. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for it too. I feel like it's a story that most of my like comedian friends know, but everyone else doesn't seem to know about this. Yeah, so I have no idea. Can't wait for that. Um. So yeah, you have uh, plans this evening, so let's I make do. this quick.
1: Oh no, I mean you know I'm going to Second Seder, so it's nothing <laughs> crazy. I'm such a wop. Um. I bought two things of ciabatta for it, and then texted the host and was like, and I'm also bringing ciabatta, and he was like, no, you can't. And I was like, gluten allergy that I didn't know about? And he was like, No, we can't eat unleavened bread for Seder
0: And I was like, uh oh. <laughs>
1: didn't yeah. know.
0: I've uh, been the the goy dinner guest at many Jewish I events now, so I now know exactly which things are appropriate to bring to each holiday. Yeah,
1: I was like, can you guys drink lambrusco cuz that's what I want <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'll be drinking. <laughs> so, So. sour.
0: Sorry. Um yeah, well, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's an important lesson in every um like Anglo-Saxon's background, like someone from that background, of yeah. uh, to know which foods you can't bring to. Certain... I knew which. F-
1: I just that was the only food that did not cross my mind because I've been to like um, Shabbat dinners before, mm-hmm. and I've been to I've done a Passover dinner before. I've just never brought anything except liquor. This is mm-hmm. the first time I was asked to bring food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very interesting. But yeah, it is a lesson. And as someone who wants to convert me one day so I can marry a nice Jewish man, (laughs) these are things I need to know.
0: Yeah, true. Um, Yeah, well, Judaism is one of... Well, I guess maybe oldest
1: religions mm, in the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just start talking about the history of. I'm like, did you know that Moses parted the sea? Um, (laughs) um, no. What I was gonna say is, I actually don't know where it stacks up in this regard in comparison to any other religion, but Christianity. But Christianity, we have, or you know, I say we. I wasn't even raised Christian, but I'm. I was raised by people who were raised by people who were raised Christian. Yes. Um. Or Catholic, to be more specific. So I, um, you know, have celebrated a lot of Christian holidays in my day. And it's one of those religions where there are traditional things to eat on the holidays. But there aren't really foods you can't eat on any of those holidays. And there aren't any foods that are, like, the food of that holiday. Like, people eat specific things as a family on Christmas Mm. and Easter. But there isn't, like, a decided, like... What the traditional food is to eat?
1: Yeah, there is for for Christmas Eve, but and that's it, and that's supposed to be centered around the feast of the seven fish. But that's so Italian that it's like I wouldn't even say that's. um, Well, that's what uh, I was saying. Like it it is
0: by family in a lot of cases. Like uh, Italian families do that, but other families really don't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like so,
1: even I was gonna say like, oh, well, is that a Catholic rule? But no, it's like it comes from Catholicism, but it's just the actual. each fish that we choose has just just been consensus decided by Italian-Americans. Right.
0: And so, um, and there's also way more Jewish holidays, but what's interesting about them is that all of them are deeply centered around what is traditional to eat at that holiday. Like literally every Jewish holiday that I've ever attended, which I have attended all of them, I think at this point, because I have been very, very close, like, Historically, um, very close to the Jewish people. A lot of my best friends have been Jewish, so I've just my whole life. Are I, you a chaser? By accident, I guess. <laughs> like you know, I, I love a good sense of humor, and <laughs> that's that's what uh, a lot of Jews bring that to the table, I guess. Yeah. But you know, um, but anyway, speaking of bringing things to the table, I just did learn that every bring yourself to the table. Every single Jewish holiday has like the food that you eat on that holiday and there just is not i don't have an equivalent in my um in my own personal background i have yeah. what my family likes to eat but it, it's not like there are things that if we invited someone and they brought that we couldn't be like you can't bring that you know yeah, what I, mean? I
1: would if it was bad just to embarrass you <laughs> um, oh my god i'm so allergic to that
0: anyway sure. um it is uh, it is a beautiful thing what the, the Jewish people do. I love, I do love what
1: they're doing for the world. I mean, they're never in school. <laughs> I love deeply so traditional
0: um, meals, though. I think that's fun.
1: Yeah, they're cool. I love, you know, I, I do too. I love them. I'm just excited to eat so much brisket tonight.
0: Yeah. Oh. Happy for you. Thank you. Me too. Um, I, uh, you know, you uh, you also invited me to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my only, I'm because this is my birthday week. I am so socialized out that yeah, I'm going I to order food and like stare at a screen. I'm honestly
1: also a little bit socialized <laughs> out just because I even though I was not recognized, but it's fine because that's what the best hosts do. I did legitimately co-host that party the other night yeah. with Kiwi. Wh- who are you not recognized by? Oh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Everyone <laughs> obviously thanked Kiwi because it was his home for hosting the party yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you see, uh, do you see all of that liquor? Who do you think got it? Um, no, it's fine. Who do you
0: think ordered it to be delivered? Yeah, who do you think
1: ordered those four bottles to be delivered <laughs> and made two playlists? No, I'm kidding. Anyway, I am truly, there's a, a i realized now that there's a difference between going to a party and then co-hosting a party yeah and even though i didn't really do that much beyond inviting people and like getting there early to set up i still because i had invited quite a few friends that hadn't been there before
0: oh my god i felt so responsible for everybody even I, though i wasn't even really hosting but it was yeah my, like, i like day.
1: and but, I felt responsible, but I also was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything differently than what I always do, which is I'm going to be all over this party tonight. And the people I invited, I'm going to check in, but they're going to make friends Mm -hmm. and I'm going to love that for them. (laughs) Luckily they did because I only hang out with cool people, but (laughs) definitely the first like three hours took so much out of me because I was continually observing to see if those friends were like enjoying it. Yeah, time. having a good time so that I wouldn't be pulled out of what I wanted to do. Totally. Because as an Aquarius, loyal friend, but I'm so selfish. Um, sure. Yeah. And I want to do what I want to do and I want to do it. Yeah. And often that means um running around a party. Yeah. But I do feel socialized out from that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just uh did so much this week to kind of make up for like. I did nothing for my last birthday because it was right as the world shut down and we didn't have any inkling of what was safe to do. Like, Mm -hmm. people weren't even visiting each other through their windows yet, you know? So I was just like... The wind can
1: carry it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, we just had no idea... um, how to, like, you know, a lot of people had, like, little makeshift celebrations kind of from, like, May on. Yeah. But before that, if you had a birthday last year in late March, early April, like, you just didn't do fucking anything. Mm. Um, Myself included. So this year, I just, like, really, you know, uh, took advantage of being half vaccinated and having a lot of friends who are vaccinated yeah. <laughs> and uh, had like four days in a row of doing things with people. And that was really, really fun. But I also have not socialized at that level for over a year now. Yeah, it's a So lot. I was just like, <laughs> I need to, I need to um, go lay face down for a while. Good. Um, I love that for you. But Yeah. It was still amazing, and I'm, I had a great...
1: I wish I had that part of my brain. Like, I do. If obviously, I get exhausted, but I don't have the part of my brain that will be like, and so I'm going to stay home.
0: Yeah, I don't normally either. I, like, it takes a lot of... It's mostly out of self-preservation, because I know that um, this is going... If If I... If I do any more after this limit that I've hit, yeah. I'm going to crash really hard. No, that's real, and I just don't want to do that because totally. um, I am like in a good place at the moment, and it takes forever to dig myself out of the the holes that I fall into when I like overstimulate myself.
1: Yeah, I am. Um...
0: So that's. I'm I'm
1: coming out of a manic episode I can feel it So I'm like really like I'm just like (laughs) Clinging on to the Whatever like shreds of energy I have left I'm like really clinging On to yeah Um, which is why I'm Going tonight because I know that in about Three days I'm either going to be Normal in quotes um, Or or depressed depressed. And my normal When I'm like just in my normal mode I don't really want To see anyone for the first few days of that
0: Yeah totally and I, I just have a lot of uh, like things this week and next week that I need to do um, like for I have like packets I need to do and articles that are due and stuff. Oh, so I'm just like I uh, don't want to accidentally burn myself out on this like on one too many social interactions and it. then drop the ball on these things that um, are important to me. But no, I d- definitely already have FOMO and regret to, for not doing something that I was invited to. Yeah. You know?
1: If it's any consolation, it will be over by one.
0: I mean, great.
1: And then I will be finding somewhere to throw the after party. Because <laughs> I'm not going home by one. <laughs> what? That girl, that video of... And, and, uh, Edit uh insert that video of the woman uh, <laughs> falling out of the window and saying new york is dead that's how i feel <laughs> except it's not dead because jesse has a day job
0: yeah <laughs> new york in many ways is, is back, back in, in a, a big, big way <laughs> <laughs> um mistakes keepsakes and hot, hot takes. takes mistakes keepsakes and hot
1: takes um do you want me to go first it's up to you. I'm going to pull up my phone because I have it written down. Okay,
0: my mistake. I got a, my first parking ticket this week since buying my car in October. Um so, oopsie. That blows. What?
1: That blows, but I'm glad it wasn't like a more uh, fatalistic mistake.
0: No. Yeah. It was, I had a great week. I had I got a parking ticket and it was fully one that I knew I was probably going to get cuz I um put an alarm in my phone for when street cleaning was supposed to happen. Mm. But I also know that during COVID they have not been giving people tickets for street cleaning stuff as often. Okay. So I was really tired and just did not really feel like moving my car. So I just took the chance just being like, I know that I I might be able to get away with this. And worst case if I don't, Um, it's my first parking ticket since getting this car and, you know, like I've been parking my car for free in a lot of places and not paying for parking. So in my head, I was like, if I got a parking ticket, it will just be, um, if you spread it out over the time I've had this car, a pretty reasonable price for how much free parking I've had, you know? Yeah. So I like knew it might happen, but then still walking up to my car and seeing something in the windshield, I was like, God fucking damn it. (laughs) And that sucked to see. Um, But, you know, not the worst mistake in the world because uh, that's part of having a car is parking tickets. It happens. And I'm very happy to have a car. So it's overall not that bad of a trade off to happen every once in a while. But, you know. I knew it. I knew what I was doing and it, it happened to anyway. The best of us. Fucking hate hey, that. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. <sighs> Nika just touched my shoulder. <laughs> I'm, I'm so desperate for human contact. Well,
1: baby, good for you because I can feel it. Just I'm getting, I'm letting it come out more and more even when I'm not on drugs. What,
0: touching people <laughs> more? Touching people more. I love that for you. Yeah, me too. Well, I, you and I are both people that tr- struggle with that. Yeah. So I really I like genuinely am happy for you yeah, cuz I really I, I always feel very like Thanks, DMT. Very, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> very nervous, uh, not nervous, but I don't know, I'm hesitant to touch people and I don't know why that uh, is.
1: I know why and it's because, I mean, I don't, it's, I don't know where uh, the... feeling uncomfortable by touch stems from because i wasn't always like that i was a very affectionate little kid yeah so that i'm unpacking but i know that part of the fear now comes from the fact that when i do touch people in my life that i love i always get the same reaction which is like (gasps) (laughs) like did nika just to get affectionate with me and i'm like well now i don't want to do it again oh my god
0: i've (laughs) never done that I don't think, have I? No. Okay. No,
1: and people mean it in like a loving way. No, I They're know. like but I'm I'm like, oh, when you do that around like eight other people that don't know that I'm like that, yeah, it makes me like, uncomfortable. It's
0: a self-conscious thing now. And yeah. It didn't have to be. Yeah, I feel that. I mean that's I tend to become very close. Like all of my besties are people that don't. They are also not touchers. So when neither of us are touchers, it means we never touch. Yeah. And that is kind of a through line in my life is that my best friend is somebody that I like never hug. Yeah. And I don't know why that keeps happening to me because I'll like so many of my acquaintances, I hug so much more than I hug you. Yeah, no, same. I'm trying to break that cycle. (laughs) I really, I don't like it. It's like, no, it's, I mean, you know, it's so strange. It's something to work on and I'm glad you're working on it. I'm starting to work on it too. One thing that really liberated me is that, you know, one of of our mutual friends jp yes. <laughs> friend of the pod um the pod. uh is also somebody that struggles with touch and that was one of the first things we ever bonded oh, over funny yeah we we bonded over the fact that we're never the people that in- initiate a hug yeah. or like you know just like lightly touch someone's knee during a conversation and we were like joking about that one night and that was one of the first times that JP and I ever really like talked. So it was one of our my first impressions of him. Yeah. And so then I really made a conscious effort in his and my friendship to be the initiator. Yeah. Um, because I was like, oh, well, we both struggle with this thing. So like the, oh, and the other thing we bonded over is that despite that touch is one of our love languages. Mm -hmm. So even though we like suck at touching, we love being touched. Yep. So then I was like, well, he, he communicated to me that he loves being touched and I'm trying to work at being better at touching people. So I'm going to be the person for him that I wish I could be for me. Yeah. And so I, um, in our, in my friendship with him have been very touchy. And it is making me, I think, touchier in my other relationships too. So that's mm. been cool. Cause it was like, I only really felt comfortable in even like doing that because he knows not to like make a whole thing of it because mm-hmm. he knows that it's hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> and he really appreciates it, you know? So that's nice. Anyway, so congrats to Thank you. you. I hope you and I, I hope we just get. We so
1: touchy. I hope we
0: get so touchy and that we get touched a lot this summer. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my keepsake is that it was my birthday week, and um, it is impossible to just choose one keepsake,
1: yeah. but I'll just
0: kind of run down the list of like really amazing things that happened this week that I'm so grateful for, especially in the context of how lonely my last birthday was. So on my actual birthday, you and JP and a couple other friends came over and we ordered a ton of sushi because one of my OnlyFans subscribers sent me $200 to buy sushi with. So then I spent all $200 on sushi (laughs) (laughs) and we fucking chowed down in my backyard. First time I had guests over in my with my new apartment and with my backyard. Um, And then you and I uh, did DMT for the first time. We did. And that was an incredible experience. <laughs> um, definitely something that I want to do again Same. and get more out of because I think you know I think you and I share that it was such a surreal experience that we had a hard time not hard time that's the wrong word but you know we didn't get everything out of it that you could get tough out of it to be DM- f-
1: fully present. For yes, it. because yeah. it was just
0: such a it was like you know it was truly like uh, losing all of your memory or something and yeah. being thrown into like a new world and it was just very hard to really like experience it because I my conscious brain was trying so hard to cling on to any kind of logic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like, what is happening? But it was so beautiful and so amazing. And um for anybody who has any Further questions about our DMT trips, um, we will talk more in depth about it in uh, an upcoming episode because we actually recorded us doing it and we yes. are going to release that as an episode. So look forward to that. Um, <laughs> and then we'll also talk about it in in retrospect a little bit more in depth than in this episode. But do you know that that is coming? <laughs> yes. Because it's going to take way too long. It, w- it is an episode in and of itself to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so that was definitely a keepsake though. Like, fucking 100% one of the coolest things that I've ever done. Um and then uh the next day is when um we wait, what did I do right before that? I did something. Oh, I went to the park all day. I went to yes. Fort Greene Park with um a bunch of my friends that I really have not seen at all during the pandemic. I've seen them a couple times uh like outside during the summer. Mm-hmm but I had not seen them in like six months or even longer than that, maybe. So got to see some of my oldest, nearest, dearest friends that I have not really spent a lot of time with. And that just felt really nice. And like, you know, those are friendships that it's not like I ever felt like I had lost those friendships forever or anything. But, you know, a few episodes ago, we were talking about how a lot of friendships feel very strained under COVID. Mm -hmm. And those were some of those relationships for me where I was just really having a hard time connecting with them through just, like, text message and stuff. Yeah. Um, So it was really nice to just, like, just be around each other again and just spend all day in the beautiful, like, 75-degree weather in Fort Greene Park. And then the party that you hosted, we yes. had some some friends over <laughs> at our friend Kiwi's house and um felt as close to n- normal quote unquote yeah, as I've ever really felt. Because pretty much everyone there was vaccinated. Yeah. So there was just this like, and the windows were open. It's a big loft space. Yeah. So there was like, you know. It was just, it felt very safe to congregate for the first time. Yeah. And it was very, very nice. And like Elisa came. Yes. And, uh, you know, we try to drag Elisa to places and she just doesn't. So thanks, Elisa, for coming. That was a keepsake for me. Um, And then I went to the Botanical Gardens the next day, the Bronx Botanical Gardens with two of my best friends who I've been friends with for 10 years now. We met at summer camp when we were 15 and now we're all 25 and, um, we all live in New York city <laughs> and we have successfully spent everything other than my birthday this time last year. Um, we've spent all of our birthdays during COVID together, which is just a cute thing that we've made work, you know, because yeah. one of their birthdays is in June. The other one is in October. And then, um, you know, my second COVID birthday we spent together and I just, I like that we have, uh, our friendship has, um, persevered through, I mean 15 to 25 are is some of the most eventful years of your life and if a friendship can um sustain through all of that and then a pandemic I mean that's a pretty special friendship I think so that I agree was, with that one that was really meaningful to me because I don't have a lot of friends from high school they're my friends yeah. from summer camp that happened during high school but like most of my friends from high school I do, I don't talk to anymore so I really really cherish their friendship because that's like the closest thing to a high school friendship that i have other than like two people um and then yeah and then my friend janet took me out to tea on on Mm. a patio last night when i got back from the botanical garden and i was like i could order a cocktail right now but i just like have done so much to my brain in the last week i'm gonna just drink a mint tea
1: yeah, we both were like, we're not doing Molly again for a year.
0: Yeah. Um, Molly? <laughs> um,
1: maybe do you have a <sighs> Molly?
0: And, um... Yeah, so I was actually also kind of proud of myself of that choice and moderation because the place we went to has the best fucking cocktails in my neighborhood. Mm, good for you. And I was like, I'm just gonna get a hot tea because yeah. I need to calm down. And then I was in bed by 10 p.m. last night. I wasn't asleep by 10 p.m., but I was in bed. <laughs>
1: yeah, my liver is um, not pierced <laughs> with me for the last few weeks.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that is my keepsake for the week. It's a it was a long list, but I, you know. Forgive me. It was my birthday. And What's your uh, hot take? My hot take is actually someone else's hot take that I really agree with okay. that I just wanted to. Um, I retweeted it, but I'm just going to read it, what the tweet said. So this person tweeted this um, thread that I was like, oh, my God, go off. It made me completely. You know when someone just names something that you've always felt, but you didn't have the words for it? hmm that's what this was for me. So this person, what is their name? Um, at VNBRKL at, on Twitter um, tweeted, rich white girls will criticize poor people from buying at Shein. How do you pronounce that? Shein, Sheen. Sheen, I Sheen? Think. Yeah. For buying at Shein instead of ethical companies or thrifting and then go to secondhand shops themselves to buy all of the affordable stuff and sell it on Depop for 10 times the price so they will so they can call themselves small, small business, business owners. owners. Yeah, I saw that. And then the ne- <laughs> like the the next tweet in the thread says, I really don't want to hear any bullshit on how you curate a collection or spend hours searching for items. If you run a business based on reselling thrifted clothes, you're trash. Next. Yeah,
1: uh, totally. Yeah.
0: And I you know, I love a curated vintage shop, but I really only like the ones that like they actually got vintage clothes that they like
1: people sold to yeah, them like estate sales or yeah or yeah. someone sold it to you. yeah not you, you went you, to savers you went
0: to fucking goodwill and yeah. snatched up all the 25 cent high waisted denim pants that are the only things that a lot of people can afford My and then resold them for that. 75 fucking dollars yeah.
1: My boss used to do that at a vintage store that I worked at in Providence, um, and the store doesn't sell clothes anymore, so I don't mind talking about it in case anyone's listening (laughs) and remembers. Um, And she, like, of course, she she would find all of her home goods from estate sales, which was really cool, but Mm -hmm. most of her clothes she would find from our version of... We have Goodwill, but our bigger version of Goodwill is Savers in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, Mm -hmm. and she would... Buy stuff there and resell it And I only found out Because one day when I was changing the trash she, On like my first shift She texted me and was like Don't use the Savers bags For trash bags by the way Because I don't want anyone to like Connect oh, the dots God, And I was like that is despicable!" Like what And she would sell like A lot of her stuff was affordable But she would sell like pieces That I then realized she was getting at Savers For like 75 to like 150 bucks <sighs> And I was like I know you have bills to pay But also like just don't go to savers. Like, just don't like, go <laughs> to places that people like. People need to shop at. And I say this as someone who mostly shops secondhand, and I do it not because I give a fuck about shopping secondhand, but because I can't aff- really afford yeah. nice clothes, and I don't want to do fast fashion. Same. Like, I'll, I obviously shop now, and I'm able to buy the clothes I want now because I'm making more money, but it's just like, don't... Yeah, but still,
0: I also don't always want to waste my money on, like... 100 percent Yeah, I'm just saying as I'm items. sitting here in
1: a reformation dress, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify for the listener that yes. Totally, totally. <laughs>
0: yes. No, but you know, like I also yes. I also resent because there's so much um so much of the of the secondhand clothes that are donated to places like Goodwill or Savers, um, end up in like landfills or in Haiti in these like enormous blocks of like trash clothes uh-huh. that um because because of fast fashion. So I also hate the take that um, if you can afford better clothes that you shouldn't no, shop I think that's stupid at too. thrift yeah. stores. Because it's like, no, we need to be reusing clothes and anybody who can do that. Like, that is what normalizing yeah. thrifting actually is, is just thrifting.
1: Yeah, it's people but are... But not
0: reselling thrifted, curated collections. Like, that is unethical. Yeah, but that's I'd, crazy. I don't... I really resent people being like, if you're rich, don't thro- shop at a thrift store. It's like, well, no, you should. Just... And also,
1: they don't mean they never mean actual rich people because as i've said on twitter before people seem to think online that rich just means you have more than me Yeah, yeah i'm yeah, like yeah. Uh,
0: and also like y- babe guess what if you are on twitter right now you have more than like 50% of the yeah, world so, so shut, the shut the fuck up, the fuck up. <laughs>
1: like truly that's how we <laughs> end all of our podcasts from now on and <laughs> shut the fuck up so
0: shut the fuck up <laughs> It is just like people, I mean, I kind of have that mentality a little bit and I have to catch myself because people have so much resentment against people who have more than them. And once again, fully guilty of doing this myself where I will sometimes just like equate wealth with, like you said, just like having more than me. And then I have to zoom out and be like, I have a fucking, I'm, I'm complaining about this on my macbook pro right now yeah
1: no i got it
0: like what the like i mean i didn't by no means or i am now a very very fortunate financially um or i'm still like in the lowest bracket
1: (laughs) stop saying that before someone comes and tries to kill you someone's gonna you someone's gonna try to rob you
0: yeah rob me of what my android phone (laughs) take it it's three years old i'll i need a new one anyway by someone i mean me (laughs) (laughs) no i mean there's nothing really to rob i mean i'm very fortunate in the way that i um like to clarify i for the last six years of my life have um been paying rent uh on a wish and a dream you know i've been like scraping together money and then having zero dollars left to my name at the end of every bill i've paid and so what i mean is that i am now fortunate enough to Buy a Reformation dress if I want, yeah. and s- still pay rent and have like so some nice. money left over, and that is what I mean by that. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> if you want to rob someone, <laughs> um, rob anybody with. I don't we know. We can give you a list. <laughs> yeah, and honestly. get some stuff
1: that I might want.
0: Rob Paris Hilton. She famously won't notice.
1: Yeah, she famously might (laughs) even have a key underneath her door. Okay,
0: don't rob Paris Hilton. Allegedly rob Paris Hilton. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you wanna know exactly how to do it, listen to our Bling Ring episode. Um don't rob anybody though. So yeah. That is our official stance is don't rob anybody. But that's if you Anya's
1: official stance is not to rob anyone. No, yeah, don't, <laughs> like, don't rob people. Don't rob people. Don't rob people.
0: But I'm like, if you want to rob me, just know you'll be very disappointed.
1: Yeah, I never have my debit card on me because I'm constantly losing it. Someone, <laughs> if someone tried to rob me and they like were gonna kill me either way, that would suck so much because I would have nothing for them to take.
0: Yeah. I'm like,
1: I have a cracked iPhone six S <laughs> like what?
0: Yeah.
1: And an underwear with a hole in them. Probably like, that's all they could take from me.
0: Truly. I'm like, I am trying to, I'm like going through, I'm not going to ever list my, uh, if I had, Like valuable items for people to take. I wouldn't list them anyway. But what's funny is that. My
1: grandmother's pearls. Like
0: nothing comes to mind. (laughs) Yeah, just my grandmother's
1: pearls and then like a blood diamond that I have in my bedroom. But that's all that somebody would want to steal from me. And maybe like 400000 under my mattress.
0: (laughs) And maybe just like. If you're really hot, you can come
1: rob me. (laughs) If you look like Dev Patel, you can absolutely come rob me. Yeah, for sure. But be nice about it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, um, that is just not the kind of wealth I, I currently have. Yeah. We'll let you know though. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when I've reached um, Trisha Paytas's current like fucking. She's she's you know posting all these YouTube videos of how she's furnishing her new house right mm-hmm. now, and they're all like these like she she said that she got this table on a bargain and it's normally seventy thousand dollars and she paid fifty five thousand oh dollars for it God. and i'm like you know what technically that is a bargain, that is a bargain <laughs> but that is still a fifty five thousand dollar dining room that's table so funny and i'm like babe if you want that if you want to rob Well, what's funny she even said in the video she was like I mean, the reason I bought it is because if you wanted to rob me, there's no way you're getting this thing out of here. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) She's like, what, are you going to carry this down the stairs? This (laughs) fucking enormous dining room table? Good luck. Wow. Um, anyway, so that was my hot take. What's yours?
1: Um, right, yeah, I'll do my hot take first. My hot take is, like, pretty, like, not that hot. It's just that, um, I had a conversation a few nights ago about celebrities with friends, um, that, like, got really heated because we were all on stimulants. But my hot take that I said during it and that I'm saying now is that I am no longer interested in celebrities being political. And Scarlett Johansson actually just came out and said something where she said something along the lines of, I think it's really unfair to expect people who are in the public eye to come out and take stances on things just because you want to know where they stand on the issue. And as much as I hate Scarlett Johansson (laughs) because she's problematic, I do agree with her. And I kind of think that we should go back to celebrities just being apolitical because here's, and here's the thing, here's why I feel this way. We all know, at least anyone who wants to be in this industry knows how the industry works. We know it's super controlled. We know everyone's working with similar PR people. We know that all the messaging is just, you know, you're supposed to stay in the same messaging. So the majority of time, like, you're not, in my opinion, getting a genuine statement of support from the celebrity that you think you are, a lot of the time they're saying what is culturally relevant on whatever side of the aisle they're on. Mm -hmm. And then when we get celebrities who come out and say something that's not PR trained and something that is genuine, even if we don't agree with it, we immediately assume bad faith and we get angry with them Mm -hmm. for even saying something. And Mm -hmm. it's like it's such a lose-lose situation. I don't, and it's so different from like separating the art from the artist, right? Because it's like, of course, if I find out that a celebrity is a white supremacist, (laughs) I don't, oh, here is where the hot take, I don't want to fuck with them, but here's where the hot take stemmed from. I was talking about dolly parton and how much i love her and one of my friends said yeah well don't you think it's fucked up though like yeah she does so much good but don't you think it's fucked up that the proud boys played one of her songs at a rally and she didn't say anything about it and i was like no honestly i don't yeah and they were like you don't think that's fucked up and i was like no i don't think that dolly parton fucking dolly parton has any responsibility to come out and say these people used my song and they're bad. Like, if you look at Dolly Parton's entire career, you should rest assured knowing that she does not fuck with the Proud Boys. Yeah. And if you need someone to come out and say, I don't fuck with Proud Boys, for you to feel confident that they don't fuck with Proud Boys that's on you and not on the other person. Like, no one needs to prove, like, you should just look at their actions. Yeah. Like,
0: celebrities do have the responsibility to use their platform and their money, I think, to, like, serve the world. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That does not mean that they need to, like, have a stance on yeah. everything and dolly parton is a great example of that she's been famously very apolitical but she still threw all of her money at a vaccine Exa- exactly exactly like, when it when Sense- it comes to like you know what really fucking matters she's, she's there. there yeah and that's all that like you it's, know, it's so whatever.
1: crazy yeah it's crazy so that's my hot take i i don't really i'm i'm over um I'm,
0: Although, you know, if you're a celebrity who enjoys chiming in, I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't. No, yeah. But it's not a requirement. It's not a
1: requirement. I yeah, do I agree know, with that. My, don't, there are some
0: celebrities that I fucking love how political they are, like Mark yeah, Ruffalo or, Susan or like Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Yeah. But
1: they're, they have made a life out of becoming, you know, activist-minded people, and that's why and it's And that's cool. like, because
0: they, they've they put care. their own personal thought exactly. into it. They're not like, checking the pulse.
1: But then you have <laughs> so you know, but it's different when you have like the 98% of, pol- uh, of politicians, 98% of <laughs> celebrities Same like Jen aniston all these people who were like who are telling us to vote and it's like i don't need them to do that like yeah. i also don't care who you're voting for oh and it started too because someone it put it in my head because somebody saw i post i reposted a really funny video of shania twain like sitting in like the turks and caicos with like her legs in this water doing like a women and country music who inspire me TikTok, uh-huh. and i was like this is just so fucking dumb and funny with um with uh what's a man I feel like a woman playing yeah I was like this is funny and I shared it and one of my gay friends was like oh but don't you think it's fucked up that she voted or that she supported Trump and I was like literally emphatically no I don't care yeah I truly don't care that Shania Twain said something nice about Trump did you expect that she wouldn't have (laughs) she's a country music star yeah even if she doesn't like trump who the fuck do you think she's gonna come out for with the money that relies on that audience like it's just let's just calm down it's very
0: annoying what we're supposed to not like celebrities for anymore like every time i like stan someone like you know most of the time i'm like it's partially a joke when i'm like standing someone people love to come out of the woodwork when i'm on my like miley bullshit or something about like problematic shit miley has done in the past and i'm like listen if you are one of the members of the communities that she has offended or different like then like more power to you but that's still like not really your place to tell me that i can't like her no now.
1: i agree with you i agree like,
0: I... what the fuck what? like she also another example of somebody who like just look at her fucking entire career and the like money that she spent at like making the world better yeah you, like, already, like, it's just such bad faith, and it's so weird to, it, like, want everybody to, like...
1: Fit into this little fucking
0: same messaging
1: box. It's yeah, strange.
0: And it's, like, if you were put under the same microscope, you wouldn't even pass your own tests, I think. No red scare, you.
1: but... <laughs> That's my hot take, baby. Yeah.
0: And I just am done. Unless somebody has... been Like, you know, unless it's O.J. Simpson or, like, you know, somebody who's, like, murdered somebody... Yeah. Or, again, just... like, someone who said something violently racist and right, didn't right, right, apologize, totally. but... Like, you know, uh, little political differences or little faux pas, it's really not your place to tell other people to not like yeah. someone or not like their work anymore or like whatever. Agreed also it's funny because everybody's like obsessed with britney spears right now and like you know making her out to be this like unproblematic queen and it's like you know i love her but, but she like she's like is not. she definitely isn't and like the only reason that we, we... Yeah,
1: one of her most famous songs is called i'm a slave for you like yeah <laughs> which a black and... woman famously was uncomfortable performing so britney got it
0: right <laughs> and like you know that is not to call her out no i'm just saying but means, i'm like you know but it's like we only let those ce- And also she's like famously a celebrity that like does not talk about political things because she literally can't um, in any, you know, meaningful way under like her supervision. <laughs> she's just, you know, a very media trained celebrity. Yeah. And it's like that's the only reason you all think that she's like exactly. perfect is because she's actually doing the thing that you think that. Celebrities shouldn't do, um, which is not talk about politics. You're a bunch
1: of fucking idiots. Yeah. Anyway, not our besties. And I say that
0: as um, a diehard Britney fan, but you know everybody's problematic. Get over it. Yeah. We we're just trying to be fans of their fucking music and movies or whatever. Yeah um mistakes Keeps my it?
1: mistake is just that I blacked out a little bit for the first <laughs> time in a long ass time because my uh, bestie Kat and Joe Haida and Lang all came to visit um and I I haven't hung out with any of them since I well me and Kat hung out for like literally two hours last month but other than that I haven't, haven't hung out with any of them in New York since I moved to New York wherever actually Um, and so we had a full New York day. It was like 75 degrees. It was gorgeous. We got very drunk though.
0: (laughs) Very day drunk. So
1: I blacked out a little bit that day and didn't realize it until the next day.
0: Mm. (sighs) That's
1: all though. Not a big one. My keepsake is that, uh, Elisa came to the party and I got to finally (laughs) hang out with her in a capacity that is, you know, in my, my part of the world Oh yeah um, Which is nice Because we Welcome never Welcome to my world Welcome to my world Um, Yeah it was fun Like giving her drugs Because it made me think Of when she would Give me drugs When <laughs> I was a teenager Wow Um, No but yeah Completing it was... the cycle It was fun You know we live together And we see each other All the time But we don't ever Party together Yeah So it was, was very great. funny That we were both There together on a couch At 9am Drinking coffee I love coffee. that we <laughs> insisted On taking
0: our group photo When I was in the middle Of a K-hole That's so
1: funny I didn't know that <laughs>
0: I was like, yeah, for sure. I like couldn't like look at the camera.
1: Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, that was that, and like just what, whatever these like after effects of DMT have been, where I'm feeling yeah. a lot softer, has been really nice. I feel like I'm doing some genuine inner child work, where I'm getting back to being the outwardly affectionate person I was. Because I definitely like swapped. Speaking of love languages, definitely my love language as a very small child was like affection and touch. And then once I got uncomfortable with that, it switched to acts of service, Mm. which that's still one of them. But that the other part of me, it's just like locked up away in a little box and only really and actually doesn't even come out when I'm on drugs. And you've seen that Yeah. because a a lot of people were like, oh, it's because Nika's on Molly. And I was like, no, actually, when I'm on Molly, I famously don't want to touch. Yeah. When I'm on Molly, I want to touch a blanket. I don't like people have come up to me on Molly before and tried to hug me and I've pushed them away (laughs) because I get overwhelmed. So, yeah. it's fully not that, and it's whatever I experienced with d m t um that is unlocking that for me um and it was nice. Yeah, it was, was just amazing yeah it's it's been nice, I'm liking it, but yeah, definitely the keepsake partying together, yeah, <laughs> with my sister, seeing everyone finally get to meet her was really cool, yeah,
0: Loved that. that, and now lovely. we have a new
1: addition to the group. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: For the listener, for the listener, Elisa just smiled like a, a little kid that was um, <laughs> being told that she did a good job. <laughs> 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 I kind of feel like I'm on suicide watch. So I was, like, I like, That's what it's nice. <laughs> great. We love her. We want her to take care of herself. <laughs> <laughs> we just want her to be happy. <laughs> Elisa, if you're listening to this, come <laughs> home. Come on. <laughs> Come home. Oh, we miss there you. she is. Um, Someone comes
1: by with a, just bottles and a <laughs> bottles in a bag. It's Elisa.
0: <laughs> uh, amazing. Um, shall we briefly touch on the kind of funny, oh, the but also disastrous fuck up of the week? Fuck
1: up of the week. The Suez Canal, right? The ship yeah. that's blocking it. Yeah, Oops, the fucking
0: crazy. The fucking skyscraper sized cargo ship that is just lodged in a canal blocking the entire thing. Um, Obviously if you're listening to this and like have a pulse you already know enough about this story but it is possibly going to fu- well not possibly definitely fucking up the world economy. Luckily
1: not the state's economy as much I read because we don't have as much trade that comes through the Suez Canal. Well, so mm-hmm. good for fucking us. Good
0: for fucking us. I did like order some stuff online <laughs> right after it happened and then then i thought to myself i was like i wonder if this will ever get here
1: oh that's so funny (laughs) oh i'm definitely not getting some stuff
0: yeah yeah like i
1: have some packages that something that was supposed to come from france that i'm definitely not getting for a while yeah or ever
0: possibly if you work
1: um for the suez canal shipping company my dress from retro (laughs) or from simply retro (laughs) might be on that ship it's lavender
0: yeah size small i have some like etsy packages from europe that i'm like i don't know if that's ever coming Mm. Um, but anyway so that ship is you know kind of a hilarious but like enormous fuck up I don't even I haven't read enough about it to know if we we even know like how or why it went sideways in a canal like that to begin with like what were they trying to turn around did a, a gust of wind push I don't them know there? I
1: also have not gotten I've been reading articles and nothing has really explained it yeah
0: yeah I've like read not as much as I probably should have for us to be talking about it but I will tell you what I have read which is why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because here's the thing read the New York Times if you want the news we're just here to talk about what's funny about things Mm. um occasionally what's serious about things but not in this case (laughs) um in this case i want to bring all of our attention to the google reviews of the tourist attraction of the suez canal oh my god um these are so funny okay so the first one that I want to read to you is from one day before the ship incident and it says an impressive mark of engineer you have if you have the chance to make or wait hold on if you have the chance make sure to go go through it an unforgettable experience enjoy it to the max (laughs) (laughs) next review (laughs) it's closed for now (laughs) but it's still five stars (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's from the day that it happened. And then the next review from two days ago. Um, Wait, hold on. The next. For some reason, it's not showing. I guess somebody posted something about like, you got to go now. It's the best season. And then their next review, which is the one that got enough thumbs up that made it further to Mm -hmm. the top than their first one was guys i was being sarcastic there's a huge ship stuck (laughs) sideways in the canal right now resulting in chaos to be determined um and it's just really funny uh that people are like trolling the suez canal google reviews i love that and i highly recommend kind of just like taking a gander if you have the chance because all the reviews before that are all about how like you have to take a boat through the canal <laughs> and i'm like are there were there people on some of these boats that were just like to- like being tourists that probably were like probably just stuck in in like limbo for the hours that it took them to realize that they had to like whichever side they were on they had to like turn back i wouldn't doubt it I love that. so funny. (laughs) But now I am like, that is never something that I would have even thought about doing at some point in my life. And now I'm like, as soon as the ship is gone, I am like gonna make that part of when I go to that part of the world, like part of my plan is to like go through that canal and be like... So this is where it all happens. I want
1: someone to get stuck in my canal.
0: <laughs> mm, you can't leave ever.
1: That's how I get a boyfriend. Yeah, you just get stuck in my vaginal canal come and you get can never get out.
0: Stuck in my canal.
1: Uh, come get stuck. There's not that much
0: space. <laughs> oh, it's so oh, it's small. So small.
1: <laughs> oh, it's really closing up.
0: <laughs> it's kind of a medical problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to get revision surgery, but it's fine. <laughs> <sighs>
0: have fun here <laughs> um well yeah that's it uh to the app. let's get into um the rest of the episode <laughs> find out how dame cook got fucking robbed by uh, his nearest and dearest person in his life really sucks <laughs> it's really sad what happened to him um that's it great Bye. bye <laughs> Listener Mistakes Okay, so this one Is interesting Um, They sent it a little while ago And I opened it and read part of it And then like forgot about it And so it no longer was a new email Mm -hmm. And so I completely forgot about it Um, But it's also I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on this are So um, uh, So this is a A Repeat right in, like somebody who has already told us a mistake, Mm -hmm. but they don't want their name on this one. So they said, um, this is a pretty small mistake that is giving me a tremendous amount of shame and anxiety right now. So I'm writing to you honestly to lift that shame off my chest which I love that that's like Mm. now what our inbox is for people (laughs) I love that maybe that's what's been making
1: um me get rid of my or like detach myself from my shame complex little by little because we're
0: getting like little chunks of people's shame every week in our inbox
1: no because like them them coming to us and like feeling Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 them feeling safe with us is like I think making me also Like be able to give myself the same kind of space and level of grace. I agree. Well, it is
0: nice because like some of these emails, it's so clear that these people are judging themselves really harshly for sometimes like really innocuous mistakes, you know, Um, and sometimes they are bigger mistakes, but it's like interesting to see how someone else feels about Especially shame wise About a mistake um, Because it does put your own shame into perspective For sure and you're like oh am I doing that Yeah So anyway So this person just wants to get this shame off their chest And I'm here for it Okay. Um, So I'm a milder form of a shopaholic. I know that shopping addiction isn't really talked about and isn't deemed serious, but for me, it's very bad because, well, I'm a small Asian nerdy girl with with perfectionism and imposter syndrome running through her veins. So mistakes are often not allowed in my life. On that note... I have a bigger, probably my best mistake for you, but because I'm currently still in the middle of getting out of that one, I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Waiting. (laughs) We'll hold you to it. We're on the edge of our seats. So the reason behind my shopping addiction is mainly due to the fact that I'm an international student in university whose parents support me financially entirely. Because the way that they give me money is pretty erratic at times and often linked to their mood with me, I've grown a resentment towards the money they give me, which is all of my funds. I've recently realized that I will impulse buy things when I'm mad at them to cry at, to cry at them about it because they'll listen to that, but not say my mental health. Just to clarify, I have never had a credit card bill larger than $500, which is why I called it a mild addiction, but the emotional reason behind it is more significant to me. And yes, I am privileged in the wealth standpoint with my parents. Oh, I am privileged in the wealth standpoint, but my parents aren't that rich. It's just that they can cover me sometimes. Over the years, I've tried to reduce my impulse shopping. I've tried to switch to buying sustainably more if I'm going to impulse buy. And well, recently I was having a bad night again, and I really wanted to get... Uh, y two k style lace trim cami tops, <laughs> girlie. I feel you. <laughs> um, <laughs> the city I live in is currently in lockdown, so I cannot go thrifting. After trying to find some on Depop and getting annoyed that I could only find one per seller and had to pay 30 plus in shipping to buy three tops from multiple different sellers. I finally just went to the fast fashion brand online. I ordered the tops and then had an anxiety attack filled with shame that I had just did that and then decided to cancel the order And when I was calmer a few hours later, I decided to order them again, realizing that I really did want them. Later on, I noticed that my first order cancellation was refused, and now I have two of each of the same tops coming to me (laughs) that I paid for shipping twice. So even if I returned it, I wouldn't get that $10 back. (laughs) I'm now worried that when the clothes arrive, I'll just feel shame putting them on, and I really don't want to feel that way about anything I put on my body. I know that when you're a student, buying sustainably is really hard, and sustainable brands are so expensive, and I also have a ton of body image issues with clothes. However, the amount of guilt that I feel in a cotton tank top from a fast fashion brand is so heavy, probably to the point of it being irrational and self-torturing. I'm currently (laughs) trying to feel better about it and enjoy the clothes when they arrive.
1: Uh, that was uh, a roller coaster. I love it. Yeah,
0: I I love a like, you know, like a kind of small shame like something that I feel like we all have shame spirals about random small shit sometimes. Yeah. Like having whatever six cami tops coming your way and <laughs> and being like, "Oh, but they're fast fashion." Like I've had similar levels of like um buyer's remorse and spirals, and I just think it's funny. Um to write in a mistakes podcast about it because it's, like... I think a lot of people wouldn't even think to share a mistake like that, but it is such a universal feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Of like, I wasted my money on a thing that I, like, morally don't even agree with and I'm not going to enjoy now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and with the added layer of, like, identifying as someone who has a shopping addiction, too. Yep. Um, I mean, I definitely related to, like, a lot of that story. <laughs> so, like, I... <laughs> I get it. Um, I mean, yeah, I I have been in in that, but it wasn't uh, fast fashion cami tops for me though. It was usually either um, drugs or <laughs> cocaine specifically, or um, allegedly, allegedly, or allegedly as well. Um, vintage prairie dresses from <laughs> uh, Dizzy Dreamer Vintage on Etsy dot com for um, sure. And I get it. I mean, definitely um, not like not supporting yourself financially like as like a young adult, but getting financial support from your parents and like being able to, um, spend what they're giving you on like what kind of whatever you want, like sounds dope in theory, but like definitely, um, I, I, I know that it gave me and it obviously gave this person like a shame complex with, um, with how impulsive and like just indulgent and, uh, kind totally. of like hollow it mm-hmm. it is if you're if you're already an impulsive person who has like an addictive personality mm-hmm. um so i get it i mean the, my only solution really was just like forcing myself to mature and start just taking care of myself yeah. and making my own money and like m- making enough money that i can like Blow some when I manic and still like Have money in my savings and like Enough to pay my bills yeah also like When it's your own money that you're
0: like earning Or you know that just Isn't coming to you uh, Like kind of Because you know not always you're earning it Sometimes it's unemployment or whatever but you have This like limited amount of money that's coming in And it's like your It's yours and not because you've Asked somebody else for it but Because of like that's what the schedule of the money coming in is you have like more of an appreciation for how much you are actually spending and, or quote unquote wasting on things than when it's like family money. Um, which, yeah, I have not been supported by my parents since I was 18, but I've gotten like little types of support from them during that time. So I do under like for, my first couple of years out of the house, my dad gave me like $200 a month, which is mm. like, you know, obviously not enough to like pay my bills and pay rent. But sometimes it was I needed it in order to pay my bills and pay rent because I wasn't making enough money at certain points or because I was being super indulgent in like random impulse buys. And I had to like learn the lesson pretty quickly once i was no longer like living under the roof and care of my parents wh- when i was fully supported by them as like a minor <laughs> i was like oh this like it's mm-hmm. not just these like it isn't just the fact that you know let's say these uh tank tops that are coming in the mail to this person or by now is probably arrived it's not just the fact that i feel guilty that they're fast fashion or that um whatever, like I got more of them than I should have, but also they physically represent rent money. <laughs> like yeah. they are physically are money that I like could be buying groceries with. And I think that sometimes, obviously if you're a college student, like being supported by your parents is, is ideal for that circumstance, yeah, but totally. the sooner you can become independent in that way, the better, I think, cause it really puts in perspective, what it is you're spending. Yeah.
1: And I mean it's also like it's also just empowering to be able to mm-hmm. spend You're Like
0: this was my impulse buy and I earned yeah, it. Yeah, like
1: I don't know that it's really put into perspective for me so much as it's just um like Yeah, no, I don't I, mean, I don't know that I've gotten any better with like that much better with um money and like budgeting and finances now that i make my own money well i guess i have because now i like can always pay my bills on time yeah you and... have to yeah it, like you don't even notice that you're, so, yeah, you're right it. so you're on like autopilot yeah i just then... i just
0: know that i have like a kind of, i have a, a specific limit for yeah the kind of impulse buys i can have and i'm kind of currently going through a similar shame it's spiral <laughs> because i you know moved into a new apartment like three months ago and as Everyone who's moved knows it takes like kind of 6 months. It's almost I mean in a lot of ways it's indefinite of like making your space the space you want it to be like yeah. um but you know it takes a few months to like get all of the things that make your space um your like the vision you had for it. And a lot of that shit is expensive in the way it adds up, and it just has like dawned on me like how much money I've spent on just like random little shit that I'm glad I have, but it's yeah. like, it's like I just bought a TV for this apartment because in my last apartment my roommate, mm. yeah, thank you, my roommate was the one with the TV, and I have a projector for my room, but I was like, I think I want a TV in the living room, mm. um, because the living room and kitchen is like the same space. And I like to have like a show on while I cook sometimes. Also, it would just be like nice to like when guests can start coming over again to like have a TV in there. I don't know. I was just like, I want a TV in the living room, even though I like have a projector in my room and that felt and still feels because that was my most recent purchase that I made for my apartment. It's like, this is something that I knew I wanted and I know will actually improve my quality of life in this apartment. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's such a like superfluous $200 $200 that I spent that could have been just anything else. And, um, you know, I didn't buy it from Amazon cause I didn't want to like send fucking $200 to Amazon. So I bought it at the like electronic store in my neighborhood to try to like support businesses in my neighborhood And it's, like, a mom-and-pop electronics store. And they, like, didn't really have, like, great options for TVs. Mm. So I just, like, still spent $200 on a TV that, like, isn't as good as one as I would have gotten on Amazon. So I'm like, ugh, now I have buyer's remorse because I want the better TV. But I do feel good about having not spent it at, like, Best Buy or Amazon. No, I got it. It's just, like, such a, like... So, uh, listener... (laughs) <laughs> you're not alone in the very complicated layers of like shame around money spent. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not at, not at all. all. you're also like, you know, I I did send some some qualifying for um, you know, being somebody who's supported by your parents, and there's nothing wrong with being supported by your parents.
1: Yeah, get off of Twitter. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I like, mean, truly. I encourage you to be not supported by them as soon as possible for your own mental health because I think there's some real like just like mental things that happen when you're supported by your parents. But like, yeah, do not do not worry about spending your parents on some Y2K lace trim cami tops. (laughs) Um That is hardly a, like, a (laughs) one-percenter.
1: Yeah, like, you're not... uh, Don't do what I did. Don't, uh, like, convince yourself that you're, like, a fucking Rockefeller. (laughs) And, like, rock yourself with guilt.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh,
1: I'm going to put this mic down for just one second to put my hair up.
0: And that's fine. (sighs) Anyway, um... Everyone, please email us your mistakes. We love to hear them. And there's so many of you, so many of you, you know who you are who DM me being like, I'm writing in a mistake soon. Okay. And then you don't fucking do it! And we wanna hear your mistakes, and okay? Then you
1: don't do it. We wanna hear your mistakes. And
0: then I and I open my little best mistakes inbox, bestmistakespod at gmail.com. And all it is are is people fucking spamming me, saying that they and built a we, website we, for us.
1: We cry and we just cry and we cry <laughs> when you do that. When you say that you're gonna send in mistakes and you don't. I just crying himself to sleep. <laughs> yeah,
0: it it weighs on us. We worry about you. We do. We
1: we got really, really. We're your we're your moms. I'm your mom. <laughs>
0: we haven't heard from you, you know, and it's we're we just want a, a check in.
1: Just say hey, Nika, Anya, hey moms, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> I'm fine, but also here's a time I wasn't fine. Exactly,
1: and you should read it on the pod
0: and read it on the pod, <laughs> <laughs> and then we will and we will take us on a deep dive. Deep
1: Dive
0: Deep Dive
1: Oh, my God. Okay. So um, thank you to my uh, good friend, Devin, um, out in Rhode Island for um, telling me the other day to talk about this on the pod. She said that she was also going to write in about this as her personal fuck up. So I'm excited for her to do that. Oh, and then we cute. can read her perspective of it. Love. Um, okay, so let me set the stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 2019, I've like talked about before, p- uh, particularly... Um, Bad year of my life, the first half um, Trigger warning, I was date-raped I was going through a heavy uh, drinking problem um, That had started before that But then got even worse as uh, uh, As like a result of that trauma um, Was just absolutely in a very chaotic place in my life Um. So... This one night, I am out with some friends and we go to a bar in Providence that I used to bar back at called Justine's, like this very cool speakeasy bar. Um, And me and my friends are like, we had been at um, a political event. At like the Waterfire Arts Center I think it was like the mayor's re-election No, it wasn't the re-election It was something to do with the mayor Anyway, we got drunk there And then we went to Justine's We got even drunker there Um, Definitely like blacked out at some point Got into a huge fight with uh, two of my friends Started crying, they left And my friend Devin, who has been a bartender there for years Was working So I like go sit at the bar while she's working and I'm crying and she's, you know, making me more drinks and consoling me. Um, And I'm like starving, but I'm broke. I have like no money on me. And um, there's like always meat and cheese in the back in the kitchen because they make charcuterie boards there. That's like the only thing they'll really make. So Devin was like, "Okay, I'm going to go cut you a piece of chorizo and bring it to you and you can have a piece. Um, and like the owner, Mike is super strict, like does not like when you break any kind of rule like that, which like, of course we all would. And like, we would all eat free food, but whatever. Um, so she brings me a piece and, um, then let me just skip to the next morning. So she gives me a piece, right. And some other stuff transpires that I don't. Remember right away. I wake up in the morning to a text from Devin that says, It's like her. She texts me and is like, um, Hey, so when I got into work today, Mike was really, really pissed. Um, I don't think that you can come into Justine's anymore and he might fire me. Um, and I was like, What the fuck is going on? Why? And she was like, Did you? She was like, I know this sounds ridiculous, but did you steal? Um, And like a whole stick of chorizo From the kitchen last night And I was like dude Like what the fuck Like no Like no I was like I was with you all night And she was like She responds you know And was like well I know And that's what I said to Mike Like I didn't see you go anywhere Like she drove me home Mm -hmm. So I was pretty much with her In the bar all night Until we closed up and went home Um And I was like, why? What's up? And she was like, well, Mike found a wrapper today on the kitchen floor that had had chorizo in it and knows that you were here last night and knew that you were drunk and knew that I gave you a piece of chorizo and is now convinced that you stole the whole stick of chorizo (laughs) and doesn't want you in here anymore. So I'm like, okay, I need to go. Like, I'll text you in a few So I'm, like, lying in bed, and I'm, like, what the fuck? Like, what happened last night? I can't remember anything. Suddenly, it dawns on me as I am... As I run my tongue over the bottom layer (laughs) of my teeth, and I just feel bits and pieces of, like, the film casing of Chorizo just stuck (laughs) in between my teeth. And I'm, like, wait a minute. That's (laughs) Chorizo. And then suddenly... (laughs) My brain is like, (laughs) and I zoom back to the night before. And remember that at one point when Devin turns her back to go make someone a drink, I walked into the back of the kitchen because I knew that there were no cameras back there. And I ate as I was crying the whole stick of chorizo and then just forgot to throw out the wrapper and must've thrown it on the floor. Luckily Devin quit before she got fired Ended up crying to Mike. He forgave her. I came clean and told him that I did steal the (laughs) chorizo and that I was blackout. (laughs) He told me that it was okay.
0: coming clean,
1: please. (laughs) He told me that it was okay and that I could still continue coming in um, to the bar. So I did, Um, and the rest is history. And the rest is her story. The rest is her story. And I think that when I'm home um, in a few weeks, for two weeks, I'm going to have to. Go there with Devin. Pop on by. Order some
0: chorizo. Order some chorizo and tip well.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um,
0: Retribution.
1: Retribution. Um, Yeah, I'm just. It's. um, I did not realize until the other day that Devin had almost gotten fired for it. I we were talking about it and I was like, thank God I didn't get you fired. And she was like, Oh Wait, no, you did. I'm so
0: excited because this does relate to the mistake, but continue.
1: Well, that's just I mean, that's it. That's that's the deep dive.
0: <laughs> that is I can picture like I've seen you like really drunk. I haven't seen you blackout, I don't think. <laughs> no, but I've you seen haven't. you really drunk just like Eating like like oh I literally like, did that in <laughs> yes, upstate in, in just literally chorizo right it was it was pepperoni
1: just a stick of pepperoni good
0: <laughs> pepperoni literally just like zoned out like completely in a different dimension just like <laughs> eating some fine meats and so I can just picture you just kind of like dissociating in a kitchen. <laughs> eating food that you simply um are not uh (laughs) welcome to but feel entitled to somehow and that is how it relates to this week's best mistake best mistake the entitlement of um you know taking something that's not yours (laughs) and, and uh, there being repercussions for the people around you. Um, uh, And, you know, in your case, the possibility of, but luckily not, but for the mistake, um, permanent damage to relationships. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So today I'm going to be talking about when Dane Cook's brother embezzled um millions of dollars from him whoa (laughs) okay um so for those who don't know the the like i mean for those of you who don't know who dame cook is i mean congratulations you did it you've um lived in a different uh dimension than the rest of us and Or you're Gen Z, maybe. But anyway, Dane Cook, if you're not familiar.
1: We um, all wanted to fuck him in the early 2000s. (laughs) Yeah. Great. And Dan in real life.
0: Yeah. Dane Cook um, is a very, very famous comedian, maybe the most famous comedian in in some respects, um, who really came to rise in the early 2000s. Um, Basically he's like the first comedian or at least meteoric rise of a comedian who was like you know physically attractive and cool mm-hmm. um in like an actual like appeals to young people kind of way like i know eddie murphy is physically attractive and cool like i know that's like yeah. but but they were all kind of like as much as they did appeal to young people they were like kind of comedians that like people of all ages really liked and Dane Cook like kind of took the pop star model of like I'm just going to be like super marketable to like teens and like young mm-hmm. adults like you know he was like the cool comedian in the early 2000s um he was born in uh Massachusetts Cambridge Massachusetts specifically and on March 18th um 1972 so he's a little oh God, Pisces he's old. yeah yeah. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, he's older than like, you know, we all remember him to be because he was like young and hot in his, you know, prime. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah, he was the first comedian to really use social media in a meaningful way. He a huge part of his success was um using MySpace the way musicians were using MySpace to like gain a following um from his like internet presence, which in, like, 2004, 2005, 2006, was not really a thing yet. Um, You can have your opinions on who Dame Cook is. You can have your opinions on the type of comedy he does and did. But there's no denying that he, like, permanently changed stand-up comedy and, and the game, you know? Like...
1: Absolutely.
0: There's pre-Dane Cook stand-up comedy, and there's post-Dane Cook stand-up comedy, and there's no denying that. Um, And a lot of us, even if we like, you know, thought we were too cool for him, eventually, a lot of us really liked him in like 2005. Okay,
1: he was funny for the times. (laughs) Yeah, there's no doubt about it
0: um super charismatic super physical on stage very observational a lot of like act outs a lot of voices very animated he would like really take up the whole space and in stand-up that's very rare you know we think of our steve martins who just kind of like stand there and that's the kind of stand-up i do so yeah. <laughs> but you know Dean cook undeniably like for first of his kind in a lot of respects and um specifically in how marketable he was like he just was he made comedy cool in a way that um hadn't been done at least for a long time so anyway this is just setting the stage um for like his success um you know, he, like, sold out, like, Madison Square Garden. He His albums went platinum. Like, he's just fucking famous and rich as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. So he, um, after really climbing the ladder... And to be clear, like, he was, like, a shy, super anxious kid growing up. I feel like that's, like, every comedian's story is that they're like, I was awkward and then I was funny on stage, you know, like... That's not unique to Dane Cook But that might be surprising with him specifically Because of how like cool guy he was in his image And then he kind of graduated to movies While still being a prolific stand up And so you might remember him from movies Like Employee of the Month Or uh, Waiting <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Or um, uh, Good Luck Chuck um, Dan, Dan in Real Life, life. Um, With Julia Pinoche. He was, for a moment, he was kind of like the it guy of um, comedy and like romantic comedies. Um, and <laughs> just, just swallowed right into that mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Um, I'm so thirsty. I apologize. <laughs> so, um. There gets to be a point where uh, he's just a kind of famous that um, just like most standups, most like wildly successful standups even could like never really dream of the kind of like just objective success Dane Cook was experiencing. And um, he credits a lot of this success to the fact that when he was first starting to pop off, he was first starting to tour and he like, you know, released his first album and stuff. And he was first starting to get like his, um, some buzz. He hired his brother to be his business manager. And now
1: bad idea. Yeah. I mean, and and therein
0: lies the mistake, but we'll get there. He hires his brother, his half brother, Daryl, um, to be his business manager and that uh, motivates Dane to work even harder, which is a pattern for Dane Cook where he, like, kind of takes on responsibility for other people or, like, he's he gets motivated by external... Th- he's very extrinsically motivated, I would say, more okay. than intrinsically motivated, it sounds. Like, for example, the first time he ever did, like, a big show, um, he was, like, in a group of comedians that performed... Um, at like a big musical event and they were between two bands and the band that was going on after him was fish. So there was a bunch of fish fans that did not want to hear comedy. And he like bombed and was booed off stage. And this mm. is one of his first comedy experiences. And that like gave him this like, well, now I'm going to like, now I'm going to do that venue again one day, but I'm going to be headlining, you know, mm. like that was his, like, yeah. I'll show them. So, Another, another way that this kind of happened for him is once he hired his brother, he now has an employee that he cares about and he wants to be well taken care of and like he wants to pay well. So now he's like, well, now I have to be like 10 times more successful so that like, not just I'm doing well, but my brother, like I can pay my brother really well. Mm -hmm. Um, So he actually credits hiring his brother as his business manager as like the thing that like propelled him even further. And like, so that's like, you know from first tour to like selling out Madison Square Garden the like you know <clears throat> the fire under his ass was feeling financially responsible for his brother now too mm-hmm. um so all this is happening in the years <clears throat> hold on all this is happening um in the years, like you know two thousand five is when vicious circle comes out, which is his h b o special that is kind of like the the special that everybody like really got turned on to him um like when it came out that was like i don't know his uh uh what's a good example of like a recent musician um That was like his say-so for Doja Cat. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like she had music before that, but say-so came out and everyone's like, we love Doja Cat. You know what I mean? So he like already had fans, but Vicious Circle is like when he became fucking Dane Cook. So that's like 2005. He hosts Saturday Night Live in 2005. Um, He, uh, you know, hosts the Teen Choice Awards in 2006 yeah two thousand and six he's an employee of the month. um two thousand and seven he's in good luck chuck um two thousand and eight he's in my best friend's girl, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so these are I would say those are the dane cook years, you know yeah two thousand and five to two thousand seven eight is like one really a he's, great
1: time for cinema
0: when he's fucking peaking, you know, and he knows he's peaking. Like he knows this isn't going to last. Like he knows that he's going to probably have a lifelong career, Mm -hmm. but like this kind of fucking like, um, uh, momentum Mm. he knows is not like something that is sustainable. So he, um, is like just trying to like fucking save as much money as he can and like invest luckily. And this is, the one thing that saved the mistake of hiring his brother is that he also invested some of his money which is the only money his brother did not steal wow so fast forward to 2008 dane cook and there's a couple there's an interview where he like tells you like exactly what happened but in 2008 dane cook wants to move um and I think, you know, he's moving from like New York to Los Angeles or something. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's like a big move. And so he's like, I'm going to hire a new business manager, um, as part of this move. And like, but don't worry, like talking to his brother, he's like, don't worry. I have this other role for you that I think like, I'm going to like give you a raise. And like, it's going to be so great. Cause I've got all these ideas for what I'm going to do. You know, like now he's got all this money. He like wants to fund his own projects and he's got all these ideas, you know? So he's like, I'm going to hire a new business manager And I'm going to, like, buy this new house. And um, he's talking on the phone with his brother about that. And he's like, so I need you to forward all the, like, files and information Mm -hmm. to the new business manager. And his brother is, like, very, um, like, excited on the phone with him. Where he's like, this is going to be great. Like, I'm so excited. And he says, like, to the future. And that's the last thing that he says to him. Mm -hmm. And then Dane Cook... Like wakes up in the middle of that night and he's like, oh my God, my brother stole all my money. He just knows it. All of a sudden it just hits him. And so then he like, sure enough, goes through the files that his brother, like that he, uh, or like the business manager alerts him like, oh, like something's not right with the files that your brother sent with all of your fucking money and business and stuff. Um And sure enough, like all of the money is gone oh my God. and he can't get a hold of his brother. <laughs> and, um, he's fucked. Like literally hundreds of millions of dollars are gone. Jesus Christ. And he had never looked before. Like he had never checked. He just had been like, I trust my brother. It's going to be oh, fine. No. Um, so, uh, he like alerts the IRS because he thinks that the only way to really get anybody to care about this problem is for the IRS to, he's like, well, if he stole this much from me, imagine how much he's been stealing from you guys. Mm-hmm. And that is what, um, gets his brother in the end. That's what makes everybody like, yeah, you're right. We got to get our money back. Like mm-hmm. the the judicial system is like, for sure. We care now. <laughs> um, so, he gets convicted and sentenced to 5 years in prison and Dane Cook has never spoken to him again and he and his wife wow. both went to prison um and his brother before Dane Cook hired him as a business manager guess mm. where he worked where as a prison guard at the prison that he was sent oh, to oh no <laughs> good um So all of his money is gone and they can't recover it. Like it's gone. Mm -hmm. And so now Dane Cook is like out, like at least like, I don't know, at least like tens of millions um, in the hole. Money that he knows is from him peaking. Like that's not money that he's like going to have another opportunity to make in that way. So he he realizes that the only money his brother was not able to get was the money that he had in stocks. So he liquidates all of his stocks Mm -hmm. and he takes that money and, um, buys, uh, like basically rents out a series of stadiums throughout America. Cause usually the way touring works is that the stadium, if you're a stadium comic, but any venue, the venue, Um, pays you a cut of what they made after all of their expenses. Okay. And so that way, if you don't sell out, you still get a portion of the ticket sales because it's like a percentage of what the venue made. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you rent out the venue, you're, you're taking on all the risk. But if you sell it out, you get all of the ticket revenue because mm-hmm. you've already paid the venue. Um, so basically, Dane Cook takes all of his remaining money and rents out stadiums all across America and I'm sure other venues too. But, you know, he's a fu- not like stadium stadiums, I guess, but huge venues. Mm-hmm. And this is like something that people just never have fucking done, really. Like, I think a few comics have done it since then because he kind of invented this model. I think Musicians have done this, but it's very rare for comedians to be able to, to do something this risky. Mm-hmm. And so he rents out these enormous venues and pays his staff, pays the venue, and then is able to keep, um, I guess, like eighty percent rather than whatever the percentage oh. would be if he didn't do that. Smart. So he is he makes back all of the money wow. that his brother had stolen from him in um, like fifteen months. Wow. By by doing that.
1: That's amazing.
0: Which is, once again, him getting motivated by an external thing <laughs> yeah. to fucking, like, outdo himself yet again. And then um, the police are, like, seizing his brother's house. And they're, like, going through all of his brother's shit. And this is, like, a year later because, you know, this stuff takes time. And they're, like, I guess knocking the house down or something. Like, for some reason, they knock down a wall and they call him and they're like you're never going to believe this but we just found $800,000.
1: <sighs>
0: in your brother's wall. Oh my
1: god. <laughs>
0: and so in the end he made back all of his money with his own hard work and still got $800,000 back oh, in, in yeah. hard cash. And then somebody was like, "Oh, do you think like the police like, you know, took some and then called you?" And it was like actually more than that. And then Dana's is like, "Well, if that's the case, like uh it's like he said something where he's like, uh, people who matter more to me have stolen more yes. from me.
1: <laughs> Love that.
0: Um, but I just find that to be like one of the, oh, and so he's never spoken to his brother again. And then also in the same fucking year, all this happens. Both of his parents died of cancer. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> oh jesus christ <laughs> Thank
1: God. Has, i mean how much can one person really go through i
0: know well it, so it just kind of goes to show you know he was like on top of the world and still like something like one of the worst years that could ever happen to anybody still happened to him like it's such a it it's such a testament to like all of your dreams coming true still doesn't mean that like yeah. life is going to be kind to you you know yeah. um and i i'm just very like you know i'm Um, Maybe, I'm looking back, I was a huge fan of Jane Cook's comedy once upon a time, so I'm not saying that I'm, like, too smart or whatever for his comedy now. But, like, now it's not so much my taste, not my style. I understand why he got kind of turned into, like, the comedian that it was cool to hate or whatever. Uh But I do think that you gotta fucking hand it to him, that he has endured some shit and, like, took a really horrible situation that happened to him and, like, came out on the other side. Um, And, yeah, now... Oh, and another thing that came out of this is that because of that experience of, like, selling out all these stadiums and making all of his money back and, like, knowing that the way he was making his money back was because these fans just fucking, like, showed up for him, even Mm -hmm. though he wasn't, like, cool anymore. He, like... Mm -hmm he like show they showed up and because they showed up he got his life back and he got you know his millions of dollars back which first of all you know who the fuck needs that much money but still congrats to him he he, he got it back and like because of that um everyone is like where the fuck has dane cook gone like what what happened to dane cook um it's actually the answer to that is partially in that experience he um realized that those fans were so loyal to him that he never wanted to do a project again that he couldn't with absolute certainty guarantee like like you know put his stamp of approval on mm-hmm. so he stopped doing like comedies and romantic comedy like roles because wow. he like didn't feel right pushing those things to his fans if they're not like, you know, something that he's completely proud of. Yeah. after them showing up for him um in that way. He's like I don't want to he didn't say th- this movie specifically, but what I assume came to mind among others is like I don't want to like tell those people to come out to see employee of the month, you know. Yeah. Like he like really respected he wanted to like uh pay back that respect that they they paid him. So partially it's because he's not as relevant anymore of course and i don't think even he's unaware of that but i think a huge reason that he's not as like out there as he once was is because of that um vow that he made where he's like not going to do projects that he doesn't feel a hundred percent comfortable like telling his fans they should go see Mm -hmm. which i think is cool that that yeah experience did that for him so anyway i agree that um is the mistake of jane cook um having his brother be his business manager and it sucks real bad that uh he lost three family members in different ways (laughs) in one year yeah but he did make eight hundred thousand dollars so well
1: he didn't make eight hundred thousand dollars got it back rather yeah and then made the
0: fucking millions of dollars back yeah which is and like you know there's something to be said about he could have had all like had his original money and then made all those that extra money also since he was able to do it all along but he wouldn't have like been he wouldn't have been inspired to even do something like that if not for the hardship which i think is like an interesting lesson in perseverance and in like where inspiration sometimes comes out of because that was like a very you know people regardless of how they felt about dane cook's comedy like everyone in comedy had a lot of respect for like the way he handled that tour on like the business side they're like that's like never been really done before and that fucking rules Mm -hmm. because usually venues fuck you over with the percentage they give you anyway that's that's the story of Dane cook (laughs) (laughs) Getting (laughs) getting robbed blind by his half brother what a fucking shame So, yeah, this is kind of like, I just wanted to warn Elisa to not, um, you know, keep you too close when she gets super famous. (gasps) Me, bitch. (laughs) Just don't don't trust your siblings, you know?
1: I'm going to be your uh, Yolanda Salvador. (laughs) I'm your Yolanda, bitch.
0: I want my
1: mommy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I killed my best friend. (laughs)
0: Moral of the story. Okay, so moral of the story is um, um, be careful, I guess. Well, I mean, just like always, it's not just be careful who you trust, but like, you gotta, like, even if you trust the person, even if you trust them with your life, you gotta, like, look over the fucking, you gotta look over your finances yourself yeah, every also, once in a while.
1: Slow the fuck down. You can't like be moving that quickly to achieve so much that you're moving so quickly that you're not seeing red flags surrounding the people you're closest to in your inner circle. Yeah, I think if he wasn't trying to, or if he wasn't working himself so hard because he was under the pressure of this is my peak and I need to work as hard as I can now because it'll never be this good again. On top of also like being motivated by external forces, then this may not have happened because he would have been more cognizant of Mm -hmm. what was happening around him.
0: Yeah. And then also like the moral of the story is don't fucking ro- don't fucking rob your family members.
1: Yeah, and if you're going to rob your family members, like I don't know, you know. Don't get caught.
0: <laughs> okay. No. No, no, no. That's not the it's not the moral of the story, but at least I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you can't um, get caught if you kill them. <laughs> allegedly. If you allegedly kill them,
1: if you allegedly kill them, you allegedly don't get caught.
0: I feel like you get even more caught. <laughs> you get caught even harder and you get caught for way more than a five year sentence. You know, you know, whatever. Anyway, don't rob your family members. Don't murder your family members. Um, yeah, don't do any of that. And, you know, like maybe do go easy on fucking like hating, <laughs> hating people because they're crazy famous because you like, I mean, whatever. Hate Dane Cook if you want, but it's like, um. I think a lot of the hate for him was coming out of envy. And really, I don't think anybody envies that position that he was in, ultimately. And then, you know, I know some people hate him because he had, like, a 19-year-old girl- girlfriend when he was 45, but... Whatever. I think that she's probably... Oh, wait, 19? Yeah. All right, yeah, that was a little, bit it's, a little it's a little bit...
1: <laughs> Twenty. I feel like for forty-five, like you know, twenty-one is the youngest you can go. I think a literal I teenagers, a little bit. But I
0: agree. But I'm also well, like, whatever. I feel like she's fine. Yeah, no, totally. Because they're still together. I think, oh, and it's well, been like I'm years for now. Yeah.
1: How old is he now? Like sixty. <laughs>
0: um. How no, old is seventy-one?
1: Wasn't sixty years ago? Was he's, it? He's
0: forty-nine. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry to Gen X. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I want to see if he's still with that girlfriend. <laughs> Don't ever apologize to Gen X. Well,
1: I just accuse them of being 60 years old.
0: <laughs> uh, that's fine. Let's see. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I don't know if they're still together. It's hard to tell because it was like in the headlines in 2019 and there hasn't been a headline about it since so I guess that means I didn't break up because I feel like people were so obsessed with it at one point that we would know if they broke up you know yeah. that would be its own headline so yeah I mean she's still way too young for him but they are still together so part of me is like I don't know I feel like she's getting something out of it as we just learned dude has millions and millions of dollars yeah. <laughs> and um, she seems to be happy it's mm-hmm. fine but, yeah, of all things, that, to talk about Dane Cook about and regarding mistakes, I somehow didn't uh, choose <laughs> having a 19-year-old girlfriend when he was 45, which, to be clear, not great. <laughs> <laughs> also, the work that he's had done on his face, I would say. Would oh, I haven't be, seen it. Be maybe another mistake. I mean, do whatever you want to your face, obviously. I'm pro. I'm pro do whatever you want to your face, but I feel like this was maybe not the goal. Oh my
1: God. Why did he do that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Why? I don't know. It makes no sense. Wait, to can me. you pull that back up again? Oh Dane, again. how how the I mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> but he is so hot and waiting. Everybody go oh, watch. Yeah. Everybody go watch Waiting. Go watch Waiting. <laughs> Such a problematic film, but so funny. And he's so hot in it. Anyway, yep, that's the show. That's the show. Follow us at Best Mistakes Pod.
1: Email us at
0: bestmistakespod at gmail.com.
1: Like and subscribe. (laughs) Just
0: in general. Just in general. Support us on Anchor. Support us on
1: Anchor. Support us on OnlyFans if you'd like. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Follow us and and you know what, Um, stay. Fucking up, <laughs> yeah.
1: Keep fucking up. Keep fucking up. Because it's making me feel so much better.
0: Um, what was our sign off that we had? It was something besties? But oh, no, well, I don't remember. I
1: don't remember either. We're just up there. Our be- were We t- did we tell them yet that we've decided we're calling our fans our besties. Our besties,
0: you're our besties. You're our besties. Um. So love bestie Nika <laughs> and bestie Anya. Bye bye. <laughs>